hello. Feels good to be back. Yeah, it's been a bit. Yes, it has. This is Goose Chase. We are back doing more of it. You are listening to it with your ears. <laughs> it's very that assertive. Can, that is all I can tell you at this moment. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back. We haven't been around for three weeks. Yes. Three weeks. Two planned weeks and one unplanned week. Yes. Um, but uh, we're here. Stuff's happening. It's springtime. Uh-huh. That's good. It's been really nice out. Yeah. I, I don't think I even told you this. The other day I had like that. You ever have a moment where like it's like the moment where you discover it's actually spring. It's like that day that's just the greenest or the sun is the yellowest or something. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> it's springtime. Like it's it, maybe it's a specifically Northeast Ohio thing because it's like that first day without like cloud coverage everywhere. Yeah. Or rather, I mean, I feel like it's always this way, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It kind of feels particularly ridiculous this year but it it's been a series of weeks where it's been like beautiful for two days and then it snows and then it's beautiful and then it rains and and then there's a tornado watch and then it's beautiful yeah like that's kind of ohio in a nutshell i think it is but it i don't know just see it does seem more erratic than even normal for ohio but uh so the, the the almost religious experience I had was I was pulling in the driveway and I think I went out to like get groceries and beer mm-hmm. and I'm pulling in and I look over at the magnolia tree. Oh no, I was yard. with you. No, 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 no. This is a different time. Oh, okay. Because I stopped and looked at it and it was just like, I think it was Monday maybe. And it was just like the sun was just right. And I got out of my car and I just walked over and just stood under it for like five minutes. Aw. Just looking up at it going, holy shit, this thing's nice. Yeah, because I know you noticed it Sunday because you were like, we had just gotten back from getting yes. groceries. And you were like, the magnolia tree. Right. But something about Monday, because Monday was a particularly clear day. Mm. It was The sunset was very nice. It was like that... Uh, you know, it just didn't look like uh, those winter blue days that, that like are yeah. so typical of early spring in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. And I I had a moment with my tree. <laughs> All right. And we're friends now. It's great. <laughs> That's good. Hmm. Can what we else? like pen pals or something? I don't know if we could be pen pals Might with a tree. Might be difficult because the tree doesn't have fingers. No, but it arms. does have but it does have limbs. It does have limbs. Eh. I got you there. Eh. <laughs> Can I tell the world about my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> wow, yes. Tell the world about your shirt. Because <laughs> it's a similar silly pun. Yeah, well, all right. I have a shirt that's a platypus <laughs> wearing a plaid shirt. It's a plaid-a-puss. He's a plaid He's a plaid yeah. And nobody gets it. I have to explain <laughs> it to everyone, and it's my favorite. <laughs> I feel like, okay, here's... It should be self-explanatory, but nobody gets it. It should at least be super obvious that there's a joke there. Everyone goes, <laughs> platypus wearing flannel? That's so weird. And I go... Plaid it puss. And people, let's discuss this. Flannel is the fabric, plaid is the pattern. Is that what that is? Yes. I had no idea. Flannel is the fabric. Okay. But the the common pattern that's printed on flannel shirts is plaid. For reasons. So people conflate them, 
but okay. um, I don't know. Lumberjacks popularized it. Not quite sure. <laughs> I blame the lumberjacks. I always blame the lumberjacks. No. We're going to get some angry letters from lumberjacks. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be something? I'll be happy because we'll be getting letters also. <laughs> How did you get our address? <laughs> also, uh, can you hook me up with some lumber? Also, why aren't lumber. you using email? <laughs> why aren't they using? Why are they using email? Why aren't they? Why aren't they? Oh, right. Because they were sending email. us letters. Yeah, I was thinking, God, I already forgot what the joke was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ah! We're doing really good. Yeah. We're on track. Um, so last week we were going to record and then we didn't. Mm-hmm. But I have written in my notes, last day at Walgreens. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's talk about that. That is over. That is a done thing. <laughs> yes. You no I... longer have to do that. Yeah, I have a new job now. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really talk about it on the podcast. Also, the entire time it was happening, I, we didn't really record. Yeah, right. I put in my two weeks notice and then you wasn't working anymore. You put in your two weeks anymore. the first week we didn't do the podcast, that first yeah. Wednesday. Yep. So I, I went for an interview. Well, I found the job posting on Indeed. I applied for it. And then I got a response pretty quick, like a phone call saying, hey, we want to talk to you about scheduling an interview. Mm-hmm. And I looked the place up because I applied to so many places <laughs> yeah. that I was like, what is this place? So I looked the place up, returned their call, scheduled an interview for the next day because the way my schedule was at Walgreens, like uh, I would work from like nine to five yeah. or nine to six. And then it's like everywhere's closed, like can't really go in for an interview. Yeah. So I happened to work later the next day. Yeah. So I was like, well, I could do it tomorrow. (laughs) So we scheduled it and it went really well, obviously. And then like four days later, they called the following Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, They called and told me to call them back. And I called back and they offered me the position and then I accepted it on my break in my car. (laughs) Um. (laughs) And then the next, had to wait for the next day for my manager to be there and put in my two weeks notice the next day. Yeah. And uh, here we are. I don't work at Walgreens anymore. That is, it has been an entire week now. Yes. At the new job. Mm-hmm. The new job. It's going well. It's different, um, but it's good. Mm-hmm. So far, everyone's been nice and welcoming and, you know... You know, some people just aren't good at, like, training people or, like, being understanding when people are asking questions. Yeah. But that isn't the experience I've been having here, so yeah. that's really nice. That's good. Um, And they've been teaching me, like, moving me along in the process pretty quickly and trying to learn the ins and outs. It's complicated, but yeah. It's going well. And I'm happy for that. It is a pharmacy tech position because I realize I'm being like very vague. It's another <laughs> pharmacy tech position. It's just not retail. So it's it's very different than what I'm used to. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. I'm happy and I'm less stressed. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh let's see what else is new. Oh I don't know. I can't think of anything. Game of Thrones is back. That's true. And it's awesome. <laughs> I'm excited about how the first episode went. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if we should talk about any events of the show no, on here. No, I don't want to spoiler. Yeah, I mean people. it's only been like three days or whatever. 
or whatever. It's been exactly three days. I'm <laughs> counting the days till the next episode. <laughs> In my notes, I wrote GOT. It's back, baby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm real excited about this. Uh, I have some I have some nerves about where the show is going. Mm-hmm. What what I want to happen almost definitely won't happen. But yeah. what, what I want is all of humanity to be wiped out. We also got money riding on it. Oh yeah, we do. So we have a a death a, essentially a death pool on Game of Thrones, uh, as well as the secondary. Uh, are they going to turn into a White Walker? And then questions like. Who's going to sit on the Iron Throne and all that? Yeah, uh, I think uh, this is something we could discuss off the podcast. But I think we should check in on those every week after the episode and mark like so. If someone big dies, mm-hmm. we can mark it right away. So at the end of the run, we don't have to be going. Wait, when did that? Did that person die? What did that? Because so much stuff happens in Game of Thrones. I think it might be easier to mark stuff off as we go. Yeah, we'll talk you about that. You seem skeptical. I am skeptical. Because <laughs> the thing is, the a whole idea of like locking it in the box is exciting. Because then, like, you know, it hasn't been tampered with, ideally. And but, the more times you open it and do that, the more you mess with... But let me grade people's papers like a teacher. Well, why don't you just have a sheet outside the whole thing where you're keeping track outside the oh, box? Oh, I could do that. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. Where we mark it on one of the plain extra sheets we have. We probably don't have to figure this out right now in real time. Yes, we, it's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, yeah, you got some some tools? Yes, I got some tools. I'm excited. I have plans to build things. I don't know how to build so anything. So many plans. I have lots of plans. I'm actually really like cooking up a lot of ideas right now. Uh, th- but this all got started because you wanted a new coffee table. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which we have completely pushed outside the projects yep. list, even yep. though it's the whole point. That's okay. Um, but it is also the most complicated one, so it makes sense to hold off a bit. You're going to start with other things. And that's, yeah. I, I think the couches are the most complicated <laughs> one. No, actually, I think they're really easy because they don't involve a lot of cuts. Okay. In some in some designs, you can make, like, furniture with, pa- like, reclaimed pallet wood and barely make any cuts. Hmm. Um, I don't know what design I'm going to end up using, but that's one thing I want to do. All right. Um... Because it'd be cool to have, like, <clears throat> custom furniture that suits, like, the room that we're in all the time that doesn't yeah. quite seat enough people. And that is, it's going to be unique. It's going to be No unique. one else will have it. We can use fabric for it that is, A, easy to clean, mm-hmm. and B, is maybe a little more colorful and something you wouldn't find in the store. Yeah. I think all this stuff that I'm experiencing right now, as far as, like, ideas of things I really want to do, I really do think half of it has to do with just, like, getting, like, some of my, like, depression stuff in check. I really do. What, how, what do you mean? I I'm just not mean, following. I just mean, like, now I've, I'm finding myself being really ambitious as like springtime rolls around. feeling creative. Yeah. Like, wanting well, to do combination things. of we are both now medicated and also it's not winter. So yeah, it's, it's like the first time to really feel the benefits of it because yeah. we're not suffering from seasonal depression as well. Um, but yeah, we want to build shelves. We want to build. I think you furniture. should start making a list. You're yeah. going to lose track of all these ideas. I'm going to build my keyser finally. So I can I have this chest freezer. That's going to be my new uh, kegerator. That's real yeah. exciting. Um, and just, I don't know, general things. General things. General things. So, um, one of the pharmacists at work apparently has a puppy, and he has been training his puppy to retrieve beer for him. 
Oh, yeah. It's going well. Wait, how do you train a puppy to carry a beer without breaking he's, it? He's a big enough puppy that it fits in his mouth and he just holds it. He's, I think he's a retriever. You know about retrievers, right? Oh, right. They, they have those... like soft mouths. Yeah. They, they, that's why they retrieve like ducks when you kill them or whatever you're hunting because they don't They're like lips cover it. their teeth. Yeah. Okay. So he has trained his puppy when he says, get me a beer to go downstairs to the <laughs> fridge. He The beer fridge. He, it's like a mini fridge he has down yeah. there. He's tied like a, a rope or something to the handle. So his dog pulls the handle and then goes in the fridge and grabs a beer and brings it to him. So <laughs> that's the, so cool. And he said they're they're working on it. It's still a work in progress, but he's finally getting to the point where he he gets it. Sometimes he drops the can, but he's getting better at it. So the that's other day amazing. he was talking to his wife or her girlfriend, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Oh, send me that video so I could send it to my to my coworker. Yeah. And so they were playing the video with the sound up. And so in the video, he's saying, get, get me a beer, go get me a beer. Yeah. And as the next thing they it. know, as they're watching it, he hears something drop on the floor and he looks down his, <laughs> while watching the video, just hearing the command from the video, yeah. the dog walked down into the basement, retrieved him a beer, brought it back up and dropped it at his feet. <laughs> God, do I wish, I wish my dog could do anything like that. He'll, he'll never will. Bo never would. The thing he is, never could. Bo could be trained to do it, but Bo then would only do it when he wanted to. Yeah. Like, it, that's how he he's is. He's just not he's that kind of dog. He's easily that... trainable. He's just obstinate. <laughs> yeah. He's but, not really, he's not really trainable, actually. I, I. He's not obedient. I think he is. He's not obedient. He's trainable. Yeah, sure. Right. He's not obedient. There are two different skill sets. He just doesn't have the latter. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought that was the cutest, funniest thing. Just dog just goes downstairs and gets him a beer. Someday I want to replicate that experiment. I don't know how he figured that out. Uh I I mean it's a thing people have done. I, it just it just has to take he, forever. He said it started with his dog already likes to play tug of war. Uh, okay. And so you start with something that's familiar to the dog. So he started with basically putting like the tug of war toy on the door. So he yeah. has that motion of tugging it. And so you start in steps like this is a thing you already like to do and you're familiar with it. Yeah. And then the next thing is you practice grabbing things and you just do it in pieces until you put it all together. Wow. But yeah, it, it wouldn't be like easy. The miracles of classical conditioning. <laughs> right. It, it's crazy. That, it's so that funny. That process that it's they so can do cute. that. It's cute. Anyway, that was not something on my list to talk <clears throat> about. Last mm. thing I have on my list is uh, we had watched, it's going to be a little longer. We're making mm. up for three weeks. Yeah, true. Um, we had watched all of the third season of Queer Eye. Yeah, we did. Because it was like our feel-good show to end the night on for a while. It's a pretty feel-good show. And one of my favorite episodes, I don't know how you rate it, but there is an episode in which there are two sisters who have a barbecue joint. They do it all together, and they're... A, they're just sweet people who love what they do and love their families and love, you know, the people they feed and didn't really give them, they just didn't give themselves time to not be doing that. They um, busted their asses and they were completely selfless about what they did. Yeah. 
Um, it somehow didn't completely melt down. Right. Well, it's it seemed like one of those things that was like forthcoming if something didn't give soon, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, they came in and did what they do. Um, and in addition to that, instead of like fixing up their house or something, they did their business, which yeah. was really nice. Made the restaurant real nice. Uh huh. And we, then did we even say it's a restaurant? It's a restaurant. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't say that. It's a barbecue joint. It's not like a sit-down, it's a stand-at-a-window, grab-your-stuff, sit-at-a-picnic-table if one's available kind of place. Yeah. And um, they ended up helping them manufacture their barbecue sauce. Yeah. And it was available for sale, so I immediately, after watching the episode, (laughs) went to their website and purchased, I think I got two bottles. Yeah, I think so. Um, And... Obviously, there's going to be a wait because everyone who watched the show was yeah. buying it. The entirety of their Netflix audience was on their site going, should I? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it came about a month later, which is a pretty good turnaround Yeah, for that. So we now have it. It's at my other house. I just have to bring it over. And I'm excited to try it. So the takeaway here, we have sauce. We have barbecue. <laughs> To add to the already <clears throat> 10 bottles of sauce we oh have in the fridge. We did the most glorious spring cleaning of that fridge. Oh, it was great. Oh, my God. Yes. Afterwards, it was like it, was, it went from being a full fridge to a half full fridge. Yeah. It was awesome. We mm-hmm. cleaned all the shelves. We threw away all the we threw away condiments that expired in 2017 or 18. 14, I think, was the oldest. No, that can't be. Yes. There was <laughs> one from 2014. I No. Yeah. No. Uh huh. <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> that wasn't the really old Thousand Island, was it? I think it was. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what happened is it that sat so on the bottom you shelf. You forgot it was there. Yeah, it just yeah. sat on the bottom shelf and was never desired for like years. Yeah, until you wanted some. Yeah. And then you just bought a new bottle because oh, you didn't know. Mercifully, it was there. I bought more bottles. Yeah. What if I'd have gone, you know, I think I got some Thousand Island in the fridge. Ugh. <laughs> Poisoned everybody. Um, oh, Oof. I have I have a bone to pick. Okay, not with you or anyone in particular. All right, let's so, let's hear, let's this Christie's grape corner. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's let's get it going. So, uh, my mom has been getting like dairy free or lactose free yogurt because it exists, and so she'll grab a couple because she knows I can't eat the regular stuff. Yeah. So there was a there's one kind. It's made with almond milk. Yeah. It's like, it's never going to be the same texture. It's a little more watery, but it, it's close enough. I can't imagine almond yogurt. Like the- It doesn't taste like almond. It tastes like whatever they flavor it with, okay. like blueberry or whatever. Okay. Um, So I brought one for lunch today, and I am on my 10-minute break. Just I like to eat little snacks on my 10-minute breaks to keep me full throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I open up my yogurt. There's a goddamn spot of mold. No. On the inside of the lid. No. And I checked the date just to be like, maybe my mom bought a close dated one. Didn't realize it. The date is April 30th, 2019. No shit. So it is far before its expiration and there's fucking mold on it. I had to throw it away. I'm trying to figure out how that happens. Like, I think maybe the lid wasn't closed, sealed as good as it should have been. I mean, or early enough. 
when you Earth. opened it, it was like in the middle of the lid. It wasn't even by an edge where mm. you think the seal could be bad. But whatever happened, there was mold in it. And I was disappointed because I wanted that yogurt. <laughs> and I was sad. I was just the Christy sad. Davenport story. <laughs> um, and I, I think I like made a face and my coworkers <laughs> like, what's wrong? And I was like. This isn't expired and it's moldy. And I show them and they're like, oh, and I'm like, I have to throw it away. Yeah. And I want to be a monster and just eat it anyways. But people are watching, so I have to throw it away. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, no. What? Like, I wanted to like. <laughs> but if you were alone. I would have stirred it up and seen if there was mold in it. And okay. if there wasn't, I want to like tasted it and seen if it tasted OK. Did and then see the mold. Yeah. It was oh. on the lid. I showed my coworker. Oh, yeah. Well, at that point, it was way too late. I mean, yeah. the the way our breaks are scheduled, like 10 people go on break together, or fewer than 10, but still, you're all in the same break room. You, they see everything you're doing. I couldn't get away with eating Everyone sees yogurt. each other's moldy yogurt. <sighs> I'm a monster. <laughs> I, I'm not okay with doing it in front of people, but I'm okay with announcing my intentions <laughs> on this podcast. It's, yeah, because at least then That's it can't right. be confirmed you did it. I can't see the looks of judgment on your faces people that's the important part i wouldn't have eaten it if it were moldy on the inside someone seems a little defensive about this i am <laughs> i really wanted that yogurt yeah. yeah it's not even that great i just wanted my snacky <laughs> i you know what i think it's time for anything else <laughs> Literally anything. <laughs> it's time for that game. Oh, that game? That game that's sweeping the nation. I suppose you're talking about trues and news. Yes, I am. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for trues and news. Everyone's playing, everyone's playing the famous game, famous game, the game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for trues and a Merv Griffin production. Alrighty, it's time for Trues and Fnews. Trues and Fnews is a little old game that we came up with where I give you two false headlines and or Fnews and one true headline, Trues, and you have to tell me which is the Trues. Yes. And which is the news, ideally. And which is the news. I mean, if you tell me one, then you know the other. Yes. Um, you ready? Uh, I think so. Gosh, we you haven't done this in like in? three weeks. You buckled down? You're holding on to your butt? I'm, uh, I'm, I have a cursory grip on my butt. <laughs> hey, I see your hands. You're not <laughs> gripping your butt at Don't all. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He is gripping his butt. Gently. Gently. Uh, just ever so gently. Ugh. That's like, <laughs> um, that makes it weirder. I feel like if it was a firmer grip, it would be well, uh, less you too. Huh? <laughs> uh, your butt. Well, it sounds like you're caressing your butt. <laughs> I am. Okay, you do you. <laughs> Let your freak flag fly over there. Touch your own butt while I tell you these headlines. All right, let's hear them. Priceless artifact discovered by Smithsonian Natural History Museum scientist in their own lost and found. Wait. Okay, I, I I know normally we wait until the end, but you got to say that again. 
Priceless artifact discovered by Smithsonian Natural History Museum scientist in their own lost and found. Okay. Second headline. All right. Man who accidentally stole car 21 years ago searching for vehicle's owner. Okay. And lastly, Chandler, Arizona police bust drug smuggling ring when smuggler brings lost child to police station. I swear, I'm having like deja vu right now hard. <laughs> we have not done these. <laughs> you have not done all three of these before? <laughs> no. These are the ones I was going to do last week. We didn't get that far. Damn. Okay. I just, I don't know what just happened. I just got hit with a wave of it. <laughs> I know the feeling. Okay. Let's hear them again. All right. All right. All right. Priceless artifact discovered by Smithsonian Natural History Museum scientist in their own lost and found. Okay. Man who accidentally stole car 21 years ago searching for vehicle's owner. Okay. Chandler, Arizona police bust drug smuggling ring when smuggler brings lost child to police station. That's pretty, that's pretty nice. I'd like to think that's what happened. I'd like to think that one's Heart real. Heart was in the right place. Yeah. <clears throat> but his drugs were not. No, his drugs were, you know, on a truck to in the Washington State. <laughs> uh, this is tricky. I don't know why I feel like I've heard these before. Wow. That's really, it's freaking me out a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for your deja vu, but these are all new. Okay. Um, My gut is... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. His gut changed its mind. My gut has changed gut its mind. has a brain, and it changed its mind. My gut has a brain, and that brain is a waffling. It's a waffling. It's a waffling. I just pictured a brain shaped like a waffle. <laughs> Me, too. I just pictured a brain-shaped waffle. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a lot of picturing. Yeah. Let's let's get to the guessing. I am going to guess. I, I, I'm going to kick myself, but I think that the... <sighs> Artifact was found in the lost and found. I think that's real. Final answer. It is answer. not. No shit. It is not real. It isn't? I gotcha. You did. You done duped me. I done duped you good. Okay. Second guess then, as is tradition. Is it the second one? Yeah. Ah. A man who accidentally stole a car 21 years ago searching for vehicle's owner. <laughs> That's, I, I, I'm very curious now, as to how he accidentally stole this, a vehicle. This needs context yeah. because the way I was thinking it in my head was like, he stole the car and still had it 21 years later yeah, and then felt bad and was like, I guess I should return it. Yeah. That's not what happened. Okay. Um, let me f pull up the article again. Because um, it's been a while. Dead air. Sorry. Comma. Dead. Baby. Air. Just vamp. Vamp. <laughs> what do I get to talk about by myself? All kinds of things. <sighs> I'm terrible at this. Do this to me right, once on the podcast. Uh, okay. Hold it up. <laughs> I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> Turned into a bird. <laughs> All right. All let's right, hear it. So. The gist of what happened is that he, he was at work, and he didn't have a car. Okay. Um, but he wanted to go get some food, and his coworker was like, yeah, well, while you're out, get me something. You could take my car. Okay. So he goes into the parking lot, and he goes to open the car, and it's not opening. 
And so he like fiddles with it. Actually, the door was unlocked. So he gets in. He goes to start it, and it's not starting. Okay. It's being fiddly, but he he finally gets it. Okay. Then he, uh, I think it might have been like a police officer who helped him get it. At some point in the store, a police officer helped him start the car (laughs) and open it. So okay, he he goes where he was going. He gets the food. He has the same issues on the way back. Mm-hmm. Comes back, parks the car, <clears throat> and notices his coworker's car is like still there. Let me let me read the details on this. Okay, it's been a while. Um, and also the car is a 1990 Ford Taurus. Ah, the Ford which Taurus. was a very popular car at the time. Like that. Lots of Ford Tauruses out there at the yeah. time. Um, so, yeah. So at some point, um, there's like a police officer. He's having a hard time getting getting into the car. And the officer takes the keys from him and on his second try, unlocks it. Okay. Uh, he says it's all in the wrist. He also told him, sometimes I have one of these at home. Sometimes the keys are a little wonky. You just have to know how to do it. Um, So then he had trouble starting it. Uh, He he comes back. He hands his coworker her Slurpee. He apologized, telling her he hoped he didn't break her car, that he had so much trouble with it. Yeah. Um, She said she never had any problems with the key, but she was sure it was fine. Um, Later that night, after his coworker who let him borrow her car had left, he noticed her car is still in the parking lot. So oh. he panicked and racked with guilt. He he was like, oh, man, I must have damaged it. <laughs> and she had to get another ride home. Um, So he felt really bad. And then the next day, uh, she walked in and he starts apologizing and saying, I'm sorry, I broke your car and you left it here last night. She's like, I, I didn't leave the car. Yeah. That's when he realized and she realized at the same time, while he was gone, someone had reported their Ford Taurus <laughs> stolen. <laughs> oh, my God. So the other side of this story is that someone reports their car stolen because not in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, they don't they want to fill out a, a report, but they don't remember the license plate number. OK, so they. Or going to go home and check on the license plate number and then report it. Well, and when the they, car just shows back When up. they report it, the next day, the police go to check it out and the car is there. <laughs> so wow. to everyone around this person, she must, or she or he must sound crazy. Yeah, right. Because they're like, my car was taken. It's not where I left it. And then they go back and it's there. And she must have been thinking like. Did I make it up? Like, what yeah. just happened? And what car thief so, takes the car back to where they found it? Right. So he felt really bad because at the time he was, like, freaked out that he accidentally took the car. He didn't want to get in trouble and he didn't know what to do. So he didn't, like, try to reach out to the person to explain what happened. Mm-hmm. But now that it's 21 years later and there's not really going to be repercussions, mm-hmm. um, He's hoping he can get in contact with the person and just be like, hey, like, just so you know, for peace of mind, you are not crazy. I did steal your car and bring it back. I didn't realize I'd done it. But apparently that was a flaw with that car is that you could 
operate other Ford Tauruses with the same key. From what I understand, this a is lot still of a problem. Cars. Uh, oh, it, really? Yeah, it's still a problem, but it's less a problem with like keyless entry because there's <laughs> yeah. only so many like physical positions you can stack these like the keys for the tumblers in the door, right? Yeah. Um, with keyless entry, it's different because you have like. But a I mean, to start identifier. the car too. Yeah, but that's the thing is if they're keyed. It's the in such way. a way that you can get into the, the door. Then the ignition has to yeah. work the same way. Right. Yeah. So I think it it's less of a problem now than it was. I think they're better at it now. <clears throat> but at the time, that was apparently a problem. Yeah. Um, and it might be fiddly, but you could get it to work. Well, also, especially if you're, the car you're making happens to be way outselling expectations, right? You've already sort of like designed it a certain way so you're getting duplicate duplicates in a lot of places you weren't expecting to have so many of them (laughs) that's something else well you got me accidentally stole a car you you, you swear you didn't read these to me before never read these to you i'm just i'm out of my mind of this i I don't know what that is sometimes you just have deja vu i guess so huh maybe you read them in a dream (laughs) yeah maybe probably not <laughs> but anyway, yep, you got me. It's a successful stumping. I done stumped you. You done stumped me good. Pretty, pretty excited. Cause you'd been going pretty good at not getting stumped. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was doing all right for a minute there. I think my record's back down to like middling. Middling, probably, probably worse. <clears throat> you ready for? Speaking of middling, look at that. Uh, ready for a middle segment? Yeah. What do you got here? What's you, what's you, what you got? So this is something I almost used for the news quiz, but decided not to. Okay. <laughs> um, it is an article called Fossil Found of Ancient Four-Legged Whale That Could Walk on Land. Or the, the headline oh. of BBC News is Fossil of Ancient Four-Legged Whale Found in Peru. Now this wow. beast apparently has like hoofs, but it could swim. So it it could walk on land and also This is horrifying. Yeah. Let me just read this. The fossil of a 43-million-year-old whale with four legs, webbed feet, and hooves has been discovered in Peru. I'm assuming, like, the back feet are webbed and the front feet are hoofed. You can't have both on each foot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably not. Um. Paleontologists believe the marine mammal's four meter long, which is 13 feet, body was adapted to swim and walk on land. With four limbs capable of carrying its weight and a powerful tail, the semi-aquatic whale has been compared to an otter or a beaver. Like a real big one. Wow. Because it's 13 feet long. That's crazy. Researchers believe the discovery could shed light on the evolution of the whale and how it spread. This is the most complete specimen ever found for a four-legged whale outside of India and Pakistan. Uh, Dr. Olivier Lambert, a Wait, scientist. Hold on. Huh? This is just the newest four-legged whale? Well, the most complete specimen. But they knew there were four-legged whales before? Sounds like. How come no one told me? Well, it's it's one of those things like they they knew evolution had happened, but they don't know exactly this is blowing you know, my mind. The, you're missing. It's like that missing link kind of situation. Okay. Like, you know, it probably happened. Maybe yeah. they had partial fossils, but nothing that really specifically showed the webbed feet and the hooves or something. Okay. Let me continue. Maybe. Reading. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so the most complete specimen ever found for a four-legged whale outside of India and Pakistan, Dr. Olivier Lambert, a scientist at the Royal Belgian Institute of National Sciences and co-author of the study, said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was found in marine sediments one kilometer, 0.6 miles, inland from Peru's Pacific coast at Playa Media Luna. The location has piqued researchers' interest as the first whales are thought to have first evolved in South Asia around 50 million years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, as their bodies became better suited to water, they migrated further afield to North Africa and North America, where fossils have been found. The latest discoveries suggest early whales managed to swim there from South America. Whales are this iconic example of evolution. Travis Park, an ancient whale researcher at the Natural History Museum in London, said, They went from small hoofed mammals to the blue whale we have today. It's so interesting to see how they conquered the oceans. An international team of paleontologists from Peru, France, Italy, the Netherlands, and Belgium excavated the fossil in 2011. They have named it Paragocitus pacificus, meaning the traveling whale that reached the Pacific. This is a whole category of animals I didn't know existed. So they came from the land and went into Into the ocean. So it like... Obviously, like this is like a middle, of, yeah, this is like a middle evolution point where it's like half hooved, half webbed feet. So it was like testing the water. It was like, so to speak, like, can I survive down there? Yeah. And then eventually when it was, you know, successful, slowly over time, just evolutionized into the whale. That's just so, that's, I... Because it could. You always hear about stuff coming out of the ocean and turning into other things. Right. But you never Wait, think of anything fish going walking, back. Fish walking under <laughs> land of becoming man. Yeah, like halfway. Fish coming out of the ocean and then going like, ah, oh, shit, no, never mind. And then going back. <laughs> that doesn't. There's no other stories like that. Well, some beings came out of the water and were like, nah, shit, I can make it work on land. And then other beings were like, this land thing isn't working. And so they went into the water. It's like um, the grass is always greener, except the water slash grass is bluer or greener. Wow. Depending on where you're looking from. That that made sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very complete uh metaphor yeah yes it is (laughs) (laughs) it's not the most concise but it is the most complete who cares about concise certainly not me so the giant hooved web-footed whale was a thing was a thing and boy aren't you jelly you never got to see one yeah Maybe it'll be in a museum. Like picturing a 13-foot whale walking into this room. Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, it would be weird for it to walk into this room. Well, just... Uh, uh, I mean, uh, can it even do stairs? <laughs> I don't, who knows? Who can even guess? <laughs> I mean, the hoof part can. Hopefully, those parts are on the back. That'll help him. No, I think the hoof parts are probably on the front. Well, then he'd have to crawl up on his front legs. Yeah. That's going to be hard to do. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so that is that. That's interesting. I always like this. It's more like sort of like a, a cryptozoolo- cryptozoology type stuff that we always find interesting, right? These, like, yeah, weird except creatures. it's real. Isn't it exciting when it sounds like it's cryptozoology, <laughs> but it's real life? But it's an actual thing. It's an actual thing. Oh, it's exciting. 
we didn't even talk, and I, I don't want to very long about it, but we didn't even talk about the <laughs> hugest thing that happened the last week, which is the the, the 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 photo, the first photo ever taken of a black hole happened. Oh yeah. Which you know we're like a research podcast. We should have probably talked a little bit about it at least. It's there just, were so many things to catch up on. That's true. But this is like, yeah, like the first ever photo is kind of a big deal. And my favorite part of the whole thing was the press conference where like they've got like people are gathered to talk about this gigantic human accomplishment that took like coordination across the entire planet. So much data they couldn't even pump it through the Internet. They had to fly it on planes because that was faster. Wow. That's how they had to put hard disks on planes because that was faster. That's all this crazy stuff. And there's a guy up front, I swear to God, like one of the first questions, you know, as a non-scientist, it's just, uh, it's kind of blurry. <laughs> and it's like, you Fuck you. fucking idiot. You do you fucking know, idiot. Do you know all the things that have happened? This is the first one ever, you idiot. <laughs> I would just be like, yes, you are a non-scientist. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. I mean, like, he's not wrong that it appears blurry, but that's yeah. not the time. But also, like, do you know how far away that is and yeah. how hard it is to take a photograph of something that is the absence of yeah. matter? Yeah. Like, the fuck do you want, dude? It's like, I don't know, it's like the dude perfect guys drop a basketball off a dam and, and it lands in the basket and everyone loses their minds. This guy can't get around why it's blurry right. that there's a black hole a bajillion light years away that we happen to glimpse through sheer magic. Because um, as far as he's concerned, it's a picture just, and we have the technology to take clear pictures on our iPhones. So. Like, oh, I don't know, why did you guys try a better camera? Did you, did you try autofocus? <laughs> did you, you didn't tap the thing, did you? You got to tap the you thing. You got to tap it. Yeah, you got to tap the thing you're trying to take. Did you have there. the flash on? That might have helped. It's really dark out there. I swear to God, that guy, was. It was the, the, I, I'm sitting there going like, you idiot. I bet all the like reporters who are like scientific reporters are sitting there going like, the fuck? Who let you in here? The thing is, yeah, like I don't know how we got. Why are you here? As a non-scientist. Why were you there? <laughs> he's like from Sports Illustrated. Yeah, like just we just saying. had a slow day. Yeah, he's just like they, they had to send the guy from the wrong department. No, the no. other guy was he's sick. from GQ. <laughs> I don't know why that's better. I don't know. It's better. It does work. Anyway, anyway. Uh, that's a big thing that happened for all of humanity. And uh, now yeah. we've talked about it. Yeah, I'm, I think my favorite meme that came <clears> about <throat> from it was a picture. Was it the game Mass Effect? Yeah, from right, the game Mass yeah. Effect and uh, and the real thing next to it, and just at the bottom it says Mass Effect got it right. My my favorite meme was the people that put the goat <clears throat> goatsy's hands on either oh, side of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. The, and the only caption was "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be the caption. It's it, this is what we do as humans. We yeah. do this extraordinarily complicated thing that takes a decade plus to do, and then we and then we turn it, it into a butt joke. Yep. Sounds right. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I'm yawning. Are you disappointed in my yawning? No, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> let's take a break. All right. And when we come back, we will talk about the main subject for this episode. How's that sound to you? All right. All right. <laughs> Stick around.
we are back. And we're back. We are back. We're back. Episode 72. That is the number of this episode. Uh-huh. Man, it does feel weird to have not done this for three weeks. Yes. It's kind of too long. Yeah. It's kind of, well, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of shake the rust off a little bit. It couldn't be helped, but. Yeah. It's all right. All right. Well, anyway, uh, let's just move right into it. Okay. Um, so the the subject I want to talk about is a particular mad scientist that I'm really excited about. Uh, this is this is something that I think was pretty well popularized when it all started to go down in like 2016. Wait, this is that recent? Yes. Oh, I thought this was like really long time ago. Possibly nope. Nazi stuff. No. So okay. So what is what is <laughs> possibly out, Nazis? Possibly Nazis. What I started out by saying was uh, uh, is that the mad scientist is a very old trope. It's a very familiar trope. It has its roots in Doctor Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, Frankenstein. Uh, Frankenstein. My mistake. Um, but it plays itself out a lot, uh, you know, in like real life. The idea of the mad scientist, and I think any time no. that someone's scientific scientific, you know, uh, pursuits outpace what people are prepared for yeah or people's sensibilities the mad scientist thing is like the first thing that comes to mind right yeah um and it kind of happened it happened when they when they were cloning sheep remember everyone started freaking out uh yeah. or uh when we started doing gene editing the CRISPR stuff mm-hmm. that freaked people out um even with like monsanto and stuff <clears throat> which is that we've been doing that stuff for ages we just do it more scientifically now right um but yeah, and anytime the general public finds out about scientific advancements yeah. that are happening, it's scary. It can be scary, yeah, understandably. But what I'm talking about today is a modern iteration of a very old mad scientist trope or idea, which is the idea of swapping people's heads. That's a movie, right? A movie? Isn't there, isn't Reanimator <clears throat> about that? Reanimator, yeah, it had to do, he stitched together, uh, well, no, he had that serum that he used to bring dead people back, and there was that guy whose head was off his body. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Right. But, like, the idea of, like, putting bodies on different heads, it's, it's like, part of the, you know, putting the brain in Frankenstein's monster and all that yeah. stuff, like, like, it's, it's an old idea of science gone too far. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the campy idea cuz you know it's outlandish right. so it's used as a trope for a reason which is what makes this story to me so interesting is it's a thing that on the face of it all of us go yeah but that's crazy that would never happen yeah i am going to be talking about a guy named <laughs> dr sergio canavero who gained a bunch of attention in 2016 for talking about this again okay sergio canavero c a n a v e r o uh, who is a 55-year-old Italian neurosurgeon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uh, basically he enrolled in medical medical school at the University of Turin, uh, and <laughs> at the University of Evil Genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in the Evil Genius frat, but you know he wasn't that involved. <laughs> there, there were other guys way more involved than he was. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he naturally. He trained and then practiced neurosurgery for like a full 22 years. So he's like an established dude. That's what one of the things I think is most interesting about him is he's like, he's a guy with a long 
record and, and well known among sort of like Italian neuroscientists, I guess. Right? Yeah, neurosurgeons. He's, he's not like some kook yeah. off the street. Right. He's a, a kook from the operating room. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't well, know. Great. I don't know that he's a kook. Um he's a weird guy. Um, I take it back. I know he's a kook. So one of the one of the sort of like profile pieces written on him around the time that he started becoming a national international sensation was uh, an article at nationalpost.com. Author Sharon Kirkley wrote that he didn't own a car, hadn't written or no, had written a book on seduction, uh, which the name of the book translates uh, into English as women discoveries, which I thought was funny. Um, he feels a deep personal connection to Peter Parker, which is just kind of quirky, I guess. But not, not Spider-Man, just Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yes. No, um, li- wait, literally? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. This is what I mean. It's quirky. Like, he's just kind of an interesting guy. Like He's he, like, fuck the superpowers. I just like that he's like a well-known neurosurgeon who also wrote the book on seduction. I just think that's funny. Well, uh, you know, when I think of people who are good at seducing women, I think Italian neurosurgeons. Or at least Italian. Italian is right. That's a good start. That's, I mean, a, that's a running leap. Yes. Uh, neurosurgeons is, takes you a couple steps back, yeah. but. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? You got, um, that, got that neurosurgeon money, <clears throat> though. So sometime in 2013... He starts catching more people's attention outside of his sort of his more straightforward pursuits, right? Um, he publishes in 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 Surgical Neur- Neurology International an article entitled "Heaven: The Head Anastomatosis Venture Project Outline for the First Human Head Transplantation with Spinal Linkage or Gemini." That's a lot of words. Yes, it is. <clears throat> Basically, he's talking about the, what he calls heaven, the head anastomatosis venture, which is it's, it's what it's what we're talking about. It's, it's about placing a human head on a different body. And, and animating the both of them. Right. Mm-hmm. In his abstract, he says an out. It is an outline for the first total cephalic exchange in man uh, or an outline is provided and spinal reconnection is described. Uh, this is all intended for human procedure, right? Uh, and he spends basically the next two years pushing this idea in, like, public, like, media-oriented ways. Okay, but how do you... You can't you can't study it. <clears throat> right. I mean, in animals, but no one is ever going to let you take the next step to humans. Well, Hold your horses. Wait, did they let him do it to hold, humans? Hold your horses. We're, this is a story. My horses are unbridled. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story. Uh, we can't just go straight to this will never happen. I'll tell you that. Uh, so he spends the next two years Now I'm this gripping idea. my buttocks. <laughs> he, he has a well-known TED Talk, by the way. Like a popular TED Talk, which TED has kind of like flagged as it, it not meeting their criteria. Okay. Um, but They're it's still like, it's still available. To watch. We're walking back on this a little bit. This yeah. is this is a Teddy talk and not a TED talk. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a little Teddy talk. A little Teddy talk. Uh, um, he he basically uh, 
as as a result of going around, you know, on this big sort of media tour and popularizing this idea and, and attracting more controversy and not necessarily really thoroughly explaining <laughs> himself, uh, he is after his contract expires at uh, the University Hospital in Turin, he accepts a new position of honorary professor at Harbin Medical University in China. Honorary professor? Honorary professor. It's um, it's not like an honored professor. Like you're not actually a professor. You're just no. honorary. No, he's been made a professor, sort of in name, even though he's not teaching. Is the idea? How do I sign up for that job? <laughs> well, be be as over the top as this guy is is a good start. Done. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, people are shocked at this. I am shocked at this. Um. He claims. And this is, again, in, like, 2016, uh, or no, it starts in 2015. Uh, he He's claiming to be very close to being able to do this using uh, substances that uh, he, oh gosh, I didn't write down what he calls them, but they're, they're sort of, like, essentially like a, um, like a spinal glue. They're designed to allow nerves to attach from, like, the, the head to the body and to, like, facilitate nerve regeneration. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I I just want to touch on something. It, so he was claiming to be close to pulling off a head transplant. <laughs> Sorry. Or putting one on. I mean, he was putting us all on <laughs> that he was pulling off a head transplant. Um. Yes. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. He's not only is he claiming to be close to to completing this. He has a willing head donor. Okay. Uh, he has, um, or I said, you know, it's weird. What do you say? Head donor or body recipient? What do you say? I mean, you're really more of a body recipient, right? Because the you is in your head. Right. Well, it depends. It depends <laughs> on your feelings about that. Sure. If you're a spiritual person, a lot of people really do feel like the soul is in, like, maybe your heart area. Yeah. If you're not a religious or spiritual person like yeah. ourselves, we think that the consciousness is you and that's in the mind and in the brain. So. I find it hard not to think that if your head got removed and you had no body, that what remained wouldn't be you. Like, if you could keep just your head alive, that would definitely be me. Yeah. Like in Reanimator. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> in which, in that movie, weirdly, he can pilot his body around despite his head and his neck not yeah, being Yeah, that's different. Yeah. That's different. Because that's like Hocus Pocus stuff. Yeah. Man, I haven't watched that movie in years. Yeah. Don't look at the time. Just keep going. <laughs> um, so, uh, he basically, yeah, he has someone willing to uh, receive a, another body, right? It's a small question. Why? Well, there's a good reason. I mean, do are they like? There's really good reasons. Paralyzed. This guy's name is Valery Spiridonov. He is a Russian computer programmer, and he suffers from a terminal body degenerative disorder. Okay. Which is, it's it will eventually kill him, and it's it's rendered him like unable to use his body for the most Did part. Did they mention what it was? Uh, the, the, uh, the name was not mentioned in the article that I read, but I'm certain that it's out there. I'm certain you could find out. Um, <clears throat> so, again, this all broke. But, okay, 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 okay. 
You keep up with the breaks here. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking, like, so sure, he's okay with having his head put on another body, but who's given a body for this? Right. There's two parts to this. That's true. Well, that- and the physically bigger part is missing so far. That's right. And what you would have to wait for, essentially, is someone... Organ donor. An organ donor. Fresh organ donor. Someone who, I mean, it really, I don't know how you acquire an entire body, considering that the organs from one body can save so many people. How could right. anyone acquire a whole body? You can't justify that. Right. And also, like, in or a lot of times, if someone is an organ donor, even if they die, like, in... Like a car accident or something. Maybe some of their body wouldn't be usable, but other parts are. Yeah. So you can still save a lot of people, help a lot of people, mm-hmm. even if their body isn't intact. But like how many times does a healthy person with a healthy body die in a way that keeps their body intact? Yeah. Because right. if that happens, if they're physically, their body looks okay, mm-hmm. usually it's like natural causes. Yeah. Well, the big thing would be like major spinal trauma. Yeah. Major, major spi- spinal trauma. Major spinal trauma. <laughs> that will be the big thing. It's like a, a relatively forceful, clean break in the spine. Yeah. That's like asking for a lot of very specific. It is. Criteria. It is. Um, so again, this is 2015, right? This is my favorite diversion in the story so far. Dr. Conavero, uh, as most as far as most of the entire world knows, comes out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Uh, people are incredulous. Most of the world has never heard of this guy. Pops up out of nowhere talking some mad science, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then some people on uh, Neo GAF, which is a gaming forum, an exclusive gaming forum, notice something interesting. He looks astonishingly like a man pictured in the recent trailer for Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. Oh, no. I had to print this out to show you. Okay, but this is okay. It is unbelievable. The picture on the top is Dr. Conavero. Oh, wow. The picture on the bottom is a character in a video game trailer. Very similar, right? Yes. The men look almost identical. Yes. Now, I'm gonna. I mean, you get maybe we should try to post a picture of this in the group. Yeah, we can. So people can see what we're talking about on the group Facebook group. Oh yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Because yes, um, very similar cheekbones and kind of hollow cheeks and same shaped glasses, similar Uh noses, uh, bald heads, even same facial hair. It's um, amazing. And they're wearing a similar color shirt in this picture. <laughs> it just so happens. The to... one's a polo and one's a dress shirt. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, not only is the likeness really incredible, the fact that Conavero's published works always include uh, writing or frequently include writings on Phantom Pain seems more than coincidental. <laughs> the game is called The Phantom Pain. He's, oh. a neuro, he's a neuroscientist and he deals with Phantom Pain, right? Um. To make things more interesting. Man, the Phantom Pain is just like a really cool name. It is a cool name. That's Metal Gear benefited from that. No, I mean, like if your name as a person was Phantom Pain, that would be sweet. Like your last name would probably be so like P-A-Y-N-E, but still. (laughs) 
Man, that's pretty Sorry. sweet. <laughs> this is why I'm not having kids. Don't trust me to name one. <laughs> okay, so we already described the likeness. The Phantom Pain thing is there. Yeah. Also, remember the name of his program? Heaven. Heaven. Outer Heaven is a concept in Metal Gear Solid. It's sort of Big Boss's like mercenary paradise. Yeah. Which is referred to as Outer Heaven. So there's another thing that lead people to be like, well, that sounds like a Metal Gear reference. Um, These games mythologies this, are really ridiculous, so I'm not is, sure if I nailed that one. Is but this guerrilla marketing? That is precisely what the internet is talking about at this point, right? <sighs> is people, people, I mean, there's more reasons. There's yeah. more reasons. Uh, another reason is that Kojima told the world that his next project would deal with a really with a taboo that if he failed to do his job well might force him to bow out of the industry, but that he had a partner to help him pull it off. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Like all the check marks are there. Like this is a media yeah. stunt. This is a crazy media stunt, right? Uh, I'm like taking notes on this. <laughs> I know. I remember this is when I know when I first heard of this guy. Was yeah. like, is this possibly a media stunt for Metal Gear? Which to me, if that if that was the case at the time, I was like, that is so incredibly cool. That's yeah. brilliant. And at this point, it seems like too coincidental if it's not like. Yes, it's like downright likely when you start to add it all up. Um, the thing is, they're wrong. Really? They are completely wrong. Really? And if you lived in Italy, you would know this because Dr. Canavero is not an unknown entity in okay. Italy. So it's it, this isn't like a neurosurgeon who came out of nowhere and is talking about this stuff. Like yeah. it, it might be new that he's talking about this stuff, but he's yes. a known entity. He's established. Which So to Italians, this seemed hilarious. <laughs> They're like, guys. <laughs> like people around the world going, he's not even real. They're like, he's pretty real. Uh, he came into my diner for breakfast. <laughs> right. So like that's, but you can forgive them for thinking this. I mean, it's, that's a lot of very, like, I would believe that that is guerrilla marketing. Yes. 100% would believe it's guerrilla marketing. Especially looking at that picture. It's, stun it's, it's stunning. We'll put it on the Facebook. I mean, although, I mean, so when did the game come out? That's, okay. Because so did they base it on him? You're getting ahead of me. Sorry. Canavero gets pissed off for that reason. Yeah. When this, when he becomes aware of the fact that people think he's not real because he's pictured in a video game trailer. He gets pissed off because he thinks they actually did take his likeness and he can, yeah. he consider he, or considers suing Kojima. I mean, it's really close. Now it also happens that the actor who is used for the 3d scans in game kind of looks a bit like Canavero. He's a guy named Christos Vasilopoulos, I think um, kind of looks like him. So yeah, it, could have just been a really big coincidence, but Canavero seems to think, well, I've given these speeches and these lectures out in public. They could have used cameras to get 3D images of me. They could have, you know, like scouted my features, you know, without my knowing. Yeah. But he doesn't sue. And eventually he just lets this go. And eventually so does the rest of the Internet. The, the, the whole Metal Gear Solid thing dies, right? Mm hmm. So back to the story. He claims to be within two years of being able to do this. Here's the thing. There is some historical precedent, or precedent, precedent 
for creepy head and organ related experiments. And he is not the first guy to consider doing this. Yeah, right. There's people who like it cut off heads and then watch to see if they could still function for yeah. a certain amount of time. And um, there's some horrific experiments that there's still available video of where they like keeping hearts alive outside the body and dog heads alive on like yeah. blood supply pumped from like a machine and all that. Mm-hmm. He's not the first guy to do this kind of thing. He just happens to be the most recent and maybe the most charismatic of all time. Yeah, most vocal. Yeah. I mean, he is a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. I watched his TED Talk. Yeah. He's very compelling. Yeah. Um, what was his TED Talk about? Heaven. This program. Oh, okay. What, what he could achieve. What he hoped that people could achieve. And Heaven. also, at, at also, and I've talked about this a little bit later, he, okay, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. Like I said, I watched the TED Talk. Um, he sells his ideas like a salesman. That's yeah. a thing that's interesting about him to me. Uh, on a TED stage, he visually illustrates the difference between the spine after a spinal cord injury and the spine after his procedure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses a <laughs> he uses a uh, a banana on stage. He picks up a banana and he says, "This is a banana." After my surgery, and he cuts and this it cleanly. is a banana on drugs. <laughs> Something like that. Because <laughs> he cuts a banana cleanly with a knife, and he says, this is a banana after our, you know, surgery. And he picks up another banana, <clears throat> and he says, this is a ban- the banana, or the spine after uh, traumatic spinal injury. And he just smushes it in his bare <laughs> This hands. is a banana after its spine is injured. <laughs> <laughs> what he does, he smushes it in his hands and just drops yeah. banana goo on, on the, the TED stage. stage. That's what I mean is, like, the dude is acting like a salesman, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. I think, I I mean, I wrote, this guy is good. But still, he's kind of a bullshitter. Yeah. It seems like. Well, it seems like a lot of talk, but no real proof. Nothing. And it would be difficult. Again, yeah. it's not feasible to do an experiment like this. You could maybe do it on smaller animals but mm-hmm. it, who knows if that translates yes because their like spines might not be big enough like their nerves might be too small to do something like this on right. or like there's any number of factors that make it not translate well yes that you would have to certainly the way that we do all this stuff is like we start if we're going to do something this huge we don't start on a person right? yeah right right which i'll come back to Uh, Last thing I want to say about his personality, though, is that he describes the people who, in his words, blasted his project as though they wanted to take him down. And it's that language of like me versus the world that makes me mistrust him a lot. A little bit narcissistic. Very much narcissistic, very much ego. And he uses the words of Gandhi to describe himself and his work by saying it's a Gandhi quote. First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then you win. That's how he sees himself. I mean, I get I get that. Sure. But it is weird to say it about yourself. It's weird to appear in a TED talk where you're there to illustrate like a concept. It's not really about you, is it? Or is no, it? No, but and here's the thing, like I understand TED dis- distancing themselves from this because usually TED talks are from some kind of personal experience mm-hmm. or factual observation or like experiment or it's it's something that is actually proven or it's like anecdotal 
Yeah. This is a thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And his is neither. His is a theory. It's an idea, but he, he can't back it up yet. His is a theory without the the required evidence to make it really compelling to anybody. Yeah. And then also complaining that people don't take him seriously. Yeah. It's weird. Put your banana where your mouth is, is all I'm saying. (laughs) He did that with neither of those bananas. Yeah, that's a horrific waste of bananas. (laughs) Which is also what I said after I saw the blue man group. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They use banana goo. Do they? Yes. They have like a little chess piece and they it's supposed to be Twinkies, but they shoot it out of the chess piece all over the audience. I got gooed. (laughs) <laughs> and that's uh, definitely banana goo. Did you see them in Youngstown? No, no, I okay. saw them in Chicago. I saw them in Youngstown. It was like a couple of years ago. Fun fact: my friend Hillary of Hillary's Cookies fame, yeah, fame, um, delicious cookies in the Chicago area. <laughs> Find them at your local Whole Foods. Oh my god, <laughs> we are not being paid by her. I just <laughs> love her and miss the cookies. Yeah, um, she used to make cookies for their theater. Okay. Because they would have, like, kids groups come in all the time, so you could get a giant crazy cookie. Let's and the bathroom music? You you didn't go see it in Chicago, no. right? If you go in the bathrooms at their theater, and I can't remember what it's called, what their theater's called, but you go in the bathrooms, and if you listen, so there's bathroom music being piped in, mm-hmm. and if you listen, the bathroom music is bathroom Bathroom, bathroom. That's really uncomfortable. Over and over, and it's really funny. That's really uncomfortable. <laughs> it's I don't want to hear strange. that in the bathroom. It's just like people <laughs> singing the word bathroom. I just feel too acknowledged. I don't I, like it. It doesn't feel like I a, liked it. It no longer feels like a private experience to me at that it point. It was weird, but I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was an honest narration. <laughs> it's true. It's representative of what's happening. <laughs> Anyways, we have we have gotten far off topic. I'm sorry. So, back to <laughs> the 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 project at hand. Since he took the position at Harbin uh, University in uh, China, uh, he is now working with a surgeon named Xiaoping Ren. Right. In 2016, he announces he and his team have transplanted the head of a monkey. He announces, uh, or he calls it a success, uh, but the details are a little sketchy. The monkey was kept alive for 20 hours, um, which doesn't seem like much of a success, right? Yeah. The spinal cord is not rejoined, and the monkey is unconscious. Okay. So, so <laughs> It's not checking off any of the boxes. It's basically useless science. When people look at the details of it, what they say is it's, you know, it's it, what he did had not been done before technically because what he did is use the body of one, the head of one monkey to put it on the body of a second monkey while keeping it alive with the blood supply of a third monkey. So that's tr- that's a horrific waste of monkeys. <laughs> It truly is. It's it's a lot of monkeys to die it's, for what is not ultimately. I mean, sure, you could argue this is a, on, the, on the stepping stones to something big. Yeah, but like if you translate this to how it would work for a human, yeah. you would need the blood of one human, the body of another human, and the head of yet another human. Yeah, that's like a lot. It's and a presumably, lot. 
it's for one person. It's yes. for the person who body body no good, brain still good. Yes. So you're asking two other people to sacrifice their bodies, and granted, it won't be people who are just like, take me now, I'm alive and fine, and kill me mm. for it. It's people who are dead. But yeah. that, like you mentioned before, is organs that could be used for other people. So you're taking two bodies right. and using it for one person. Mm-hmm. That's greedy. It kind of seems like it. I it's, don't know. But then if there are also like two bodies that are just dead or dying, <clears throat> what's greedy? I mean, the one you're using the blood from, if you're like harvesting, it's a weird word, all of the blood from one person, you could still feasibly use your organs for other people. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. But then you got the whole half a body. <laughs> I know. It's You're right. It just seems wasteful and, and strange and... Yeah. It, it seems like too much. It's like, just because you can doesn't mean you should, and you don't even know that you can. Yeah, right. Like, what is really the point? Is it ever going to be feasible in such a way that it's not wasteful? Yeah. And I'm just ridiculous. Well, here's the thing that I haven't touched on yet, and I think it's actually important. So I should, like, put the brakes on this and talk about this. I don't think Conavero's mission is a bad one. It's insane at this point. It's impractical. It will probably never actually happen the way he thinks it will. Yeah. But it's a noble goal to provide people that, like, do not have use of their bodies or whose bodies are actively fighting them. You know, an opportunity yeah. at a, like a like a different body. I totally get that, and there's a large number of people who could be served by that yeah. if it were feasible. People who are, you know, quadriplegic, paraplegic, mm -hmm. people who have a degenerative yeah, like uh, disease like of the body. Yeah, right. There's but, a lot of there's a lot of noble reasons to consider this a valuable project. Right. But if the way there is like littered with like human carnage yeah and you have to weigh you have to think about whether it would really be feasible in such a way that would actually be helpful and yeah. doable it just seems like in a lot of cases we would be so much better off figuring out how to like repair the body right than to swap them out right um you know, when we talked about synthetic meat, it was like our first episode or something, it right? It was our very first episode. Um, long, long time ago. 72, 71 episodes ago, I yeah. guess. Um, so the big hindrance of that is like cost effectiveness. Mm -hmm. They know they can do it, but can you do it in such a way that it actually like meets the criteria you want? It reaches the goal that you want. Yeah. And you can feasibly and physically do it. It seems to me they might actually be getting better at that part. I think they're getting closer. Yeah. I, obviously, that's a big difference right. from this. But, I mean, that's that's the setback in any idea, yeah. in any new invention, especially something as big as, like, this sort of surgery that we're talking about, mm -hmm. is, like, even if you're able to do it, which is a huge question mark, even if you're successful at it, how cost, 
costly is it going to be? Would anyone be able to afford it? He predicted that it would cost, oh God, a hundred million dollars. Yeah, who can afford that? Maybe thirteen million. No one's no, no, insurance no, is going to cover that. Well, if you're like a very very wealthy Russian programmer, you know, uh, for example, you can afford to be the the first guy to do this. You know, so you have to be. A wealthy person with a good head and a bad body, and you have to be able to find another person with a good body. Yeah. And or, you know, and buy one. A third person <laughs> with lots of blood. Yeah. And, yeah, right. And a scientist <laughs> who can do it. And um oh yeah, you have to be able to actually do it. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> that's a lot of factors. This is like this is like uh, this sounds everything like it aligning could only in a crazy ever way. possibly benefit Vasily. Yes. 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 Yeah, very oh. few people. Uh so, um I'm going to skip a little bit here and just say that it's worth mentioning that around the time he does some other stuff here, but skipping ahead, basically Valery Spiridonov backs out. Okay. Um, this is, uh, as of April, 2017, Valery Spiridonov, also known as the only possible person this could benefit. <laughs> yes. The one single person on planet earth who might actually, anyway, whatever. So, uh, after April 17th, he, he backs out because he has a son. Um, and that completely changes his perspective on it. Yeah. Um, and like, I can understand my, that my body not so good, but He's, I have to not chop my body off so I can appreciate what I got for now. Yeah, so that he can, you know, like he's just he's he's got something to keep him around. Yeah, I get that. You know, uh, th- that's a huge risk, um, and now he has a reason not to take it. So here's the deal. This is where this gets more unsettling for me, and this is where it starts to. There's, I think, there's some real. There's some real concern. Mm-hmm. After Valeri backs off, they announced that an unnamed Chinese patient would be involved. An anonymous Chinese patient. Okay. This is where I start to get icked out. We have talked about China and the way that some things happen there. Mm-hmm. The way that people can go to China and just get an organ. And yeah. the way that they have, you know, imprisoned dissidents and some of which may have been literally used to sell their organs to wealthy buyers. Yeah. Right. And and also, do you remember <clears throat> like the bodies exhibit and all the yeah. all the issues surrounding that? A lot of people thought that those may have been, you know, essentially Chinese dissidents. Yeah. Uh, really unnerving stuff. Basically, and- just people whose bodies were not donated to science in the proper way. Used yes. against their own, or just without permission. Yeah, and they couldn't really. Yeah, you know, talking about where those come from. So, just the suggestion of an unnamed Chinese patient immediately evokes this feeling in me. Yeah. Um, uh, Valery yeah. Spiridonov criticizes Conavero for his like lack of transparency about this. You know, in like yeah. basically like the one moment of like media fame he has now. You know, to 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 get people's attention and say. He's he's not being thoroughly honest about this, right? Yeah. Um. So anyway, skip ahead. This that was April of 2017. 
In May of 2017, Conavero announces a successful procedure having transplanted a rat's head onto a different rat's body. <laughs> He's gone down in size. He's moving through the animal kingdom. He's, He's going... lost confidence, <laughs> stepped back to a rat. Um, but here's the thing. The only real accomplishment here is removing the, the rat head and keeping it alive with, again, a third rat's blood until it, they attached it to the, the second rat's body. The spines are not fused there is no nerve regeneration. It's just a rat with two creepy heads. And how's this? It dies in six hours. <clears throat> yeah, he's not doing what he says he's doing. Right. Like, he's not. I. So the most important part of this is not that you can keep a head alive for a while. Yeah, that's not that surprising on it's, some level. It's the, the, the huge claims are the nerve regeneration and the actual... Yes. Successful combining of two disparate spinal columns. Yes. Like, that's the big question, and you're not proving that. Skip ahead. Okay. November 2017. Conavero claims to have performed a successful head transplant. On what? On a person. Oh, no. End of 2017. Uh, the Telegraph reports that Conavero claims the procedure was a success and that nerves and blood vessels were connected between two different people, right? Yeah, but that's not the fucking goal. Well, the goal is connecting the nerves and the blood vessels. Oh, I guess the nerves. Yeah, that become that is the goal. Yeah. Sorry, I'm Are I you waiting her. for the catch? Yes. Are you looking for what the catch is? Yes. They did it on corpses. <sighs> but then... <laughs> You can't know. Not the point. You can't know if it worked. You can't know if the nerves yeah. connected. You can see maybe that some nerves it's started like, to twist together, but you don't know what that would be like on the human body when it's so alive. So it's like one experiment gets like half of it and the other experiment gets the other half, but they're not doing all of it at once. He's like, this one, we're attaching the nerves, but the bodies are dead. So we don't know if it actually works. Yeah. This one. We're attaching the heads and well, we're keeping the heads alive, but we're not attaching anything. You, you want to know like, what I think is happening? Get your shit together. You want to know, know what I think is happening? What? I didn't write this anywhere else, so it's not jumping ahead. But I think I really think Conavero went to the one place where he could <laughs> reliably count on the government to Just keep the promise away. to let him do what he wanted to do. Yeah. And he has an access access to bodies that don't have the ability to sign the rights to themselves or something. Yeah. Right. And, and as a result of him being there in a relatively high profile way, yeah. I think he's been pressured to release something mm -hmm. every now and then to show some kind of progress. Yeah. I think there's probably a pressure on him to demonstrate that he's doing something. Yeah. You know, and now he's in, and now he's in China and I don't even know if you can just back out on that deal. I don't yeah. know. Um, and also, this is like, it's really creepy. It is very and creepy. And if it progresses past corpses and animals, it's getting into some very bad areas. Yeah. Well, think about, okay, think about the practicalities of this, right? Let's say someone chopped off both our heads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? 
And now they've tried that, to... That weird, very surgically uh, accurate serial killer that's going around. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, and now imagine that they put my head on your body and they try to align the nerves. You're going to love my boobs. I'm, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... Imagine what actually happens or like what the process is, because like you couldn't know that everything would be wired up correctly. In fact, it probably wouldn't because the body isn't neat like that. Things don't all just line up. Things twist. You know, they're placed differently. Yeah. Along the spinal column. Like there's a there's a there's we all have the same nerve groups. Yeah, they don't it's, necessarily it's not all like, line up the right way. It's not like taking a plug and plugging it into. Yeah. They're the not wall. uniform. It's it's not the same everywhere you go. People are different. There's slight variations. Yeah. Y- you might hook up my eyeball moving nerves to my my feet or something. <laughs> like it, it might not work. Well, the, the, this, that's the reason why the uh, Dr. Hunt Beyer, who is the president elect of the American Association for Neurological Surgeons at the time, uh, cautioned against this and said that the person that underwent this surgery might undergo something essentially worse than death. Yeah. And can you imagine, like, if you get this wrong, the strange sort of synesthetic things that might pump into your head from, like, parts of your body that aren't meant to talk to other parts of your body. Uh, Yeah. And also, like, you're going from having a a broken body to now having maybe a different broken body, but you'd have no idea. It's like... It's like the evil you know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like at at least you know the way in which it's broken and maybe you can mitigate those circumstances. Yeah. But you don't know what you're going to get. I just can't picture the hallucinatory Even hell that you might possible. walk into. Yeah. I mean, people have phantom limb syndrome when they lose an arm, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine have phantom body syndrome for no. like your old body? Yeah. And, and the thing is people sometimes who suffer like like spinal injuries do experience those phantom pains. Yeah. Just, you know, without having lost the limb because it's it's a, it's a similar thing. Yeah. Um so anyway, yeah, moving forward here a little bit. Uh, another communique comes from the team in J- June of 2018. He says the procedure is imminent. Oh god. Um I can't believe I never heard of this. I know. That's the thing is I wouldn't known about it if it wasn't for the Metal Gear connection. Yeah. But this is happening like in real time. This is still going on. Yeah, that's current. So that was June of 2018. A little bit of radio silence. March 26th of this year, last month, another update. He publishes an article in Surgical Surgical Neurology International about spinal cord fusion as a therapy for chronically paralyzed patients by way of removing the damaged segment of the spine and fusing the spine parts together. So like in exactly that case we were talking about before where you have like an injury specifically to part of the spinal cord, the idea of removing that segment and pushing the the to halves itself. together yeah, to itself. Which is That's very different. Still more feasible. It is worlds more feasible on paper or at least conceptually. And also, like, I, I mean, you still might have, yeah. I'm not a neurosurgeon, so I don't know, like, if you could look at two halves of a bisected spine and yeah. easily align those nerves or not. I don't know how feasible that is, but I would think it would be more feasible than two yeah. disparate The bigger problem spines. is that nerve regeneration is, like, not, I don't, I don't think it happens. Likely. 
I don't think it happens. It can't happen in certain like, okay, so they've used like stem cell treatments to like get nerves to do things they didn't used to do. Yeah. Um, but the idea of what using what he and here's the word I couldn't find earlier. Fusogens. Fusogens are chemical compounds that are designed to help fuse spine to spine. They're a medium through which nerves should that be able to sound real. Well, it's you know, it's it sounds. Yeah, it doesn't sound real. <laughs> but so he publishes this literally last month. <clears throat> He's still at this. Um, it is much more, though, on some level, realistic in the sense that, like, at the very least, if you took your own spine and removed a small section of spine, there's a higher likelihood that the arrangement of the spine, like across, like, you know, a centimeter or a half an inch or so <laughs> is similar. I was in trying layout. to write removing damaged spine. Yeah. And I wrote removing damaged scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is the ultimate solution yeah, in might, this case. That might ultimately Just, be Sometimes it. you got to throw the whole man out. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You got to throw the whole neurosurgeon out. Uh, yeah. So, yes. Uh, I, I get it said that that actually might be coming. Because here's the other thing is these communications have been in, like infrequent. And when they do come <laughs> along, they're never really what, what he says. Yeah. They're not quite where you want them to be. It's like. Also, feels like a bait and switch because you just told us the procedure is imminent. Yeah. And then you come back, the next communication is saying, oh, yeah, we're doing a thing now where we can remove part of someone's spine and then fuse it. Okay, that's not what you were saying was imminent, though. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's just it's it's a little bit moving the goalposts, a little bit sort of like over promising and under under delivering. Right. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. This is my conclusion. This is where we wrap this thing up, more or less. I honestly... Okay, so the, the consensus among people talking about this who actually know anything about it... Yeah. ...is that it will probably never happen. Yeah. Some people would phrase that as strongly as, it will never happen. Yeah. I have to be honest, and it's, this could just reflect my lack of understanding, but I'm not so sure. And the reason I think this could eventually happen is because I think he kind of gets unlimited tries... Being being in China with if, if 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 the if the if the government considers this worth pursuing, they can chuck all kinds of human life at this problem. But here's the thing. Not all problems can be solved with unlimited resources. Some things are just physically impossible. I know. But I don't think this is physically impossible. I think it's very unlikely. Which part? The, uh, like the spine fused to its own self, a yeah, different healthy part. I think you could, I can't see it being impossible. I really, I mean, it's, it's just like one of these things where it's like, we always look back at stuff that seemed impossible and go, we thought that was impossible, but then we did it. Getting nerves to grow toward a medium and ultimately meet up with other nerves <laughs> and bind doesn't seem to me totally impossible it seems currently technologically impossible now I, what happens after that could be a waking nightmare for the bodies that are involved yeah but i, I don't think i don't know that it might not be impossible yeah but it might not be feasible when you consider cost 
mm-hmm. and time yeah. and potential outcomes. And tissue rejection, like regular surgery. Right. Like, like it's already that. That's already a you problem. You already have to be on massive meds, yeah. heavy duty meds to get a an organ. Right. Transplant. There's tons of logistical problems. Can you imagine a whole body? No. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to take so much. I can only imagine. You have to take point, so much bo- medicine. At that point, is it the body rejecting the head? <laughs> I guess. Something's I don't know. being rejected, yeah. and you got to be on some massive medication to prevent it from happening. Yeah. So that brings up another point. Are you going to have to be like the same blood type as your blood donor and your body donor? It seems you would have to be. Because that's narrowing that's, this even further. I know, further. it's like further complexity. It makes it even even, even more because unlikely. Because then you would need a healthy, a seemingly healthy but dead body right. in the same blood type as yours, and then more blood mm-hmm. of the same blood type as yours uh-huh. if we're using the same system he's used on yeah. the rats and monkeys. How about this uh, problem? Even though it might seem obvious to us, what is the identity of the body that results from the surgery? <laughs> yeah. What is the identity? It's got, you know, the mind of this person, but a big way we identify people is fingerprints, right? It's true. <laughs> like, other than that, or like, that, but then there's dental records, you you're, know? like You're going to have to go get, like, your your social security card updated, I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> Something's going to have to be updated. Right, like, it, it actually just introduces some interesting, just, like, just basic problems. Yeah. You know? Um, a, you know, well, like, my uh, body used to belong to Jim. But now it belongs to Jeffrey. And what about your children? You know, are you still? Do you, yeah. Are you, are you still? Are you still their parents, or are you also the parents of the person whose body you got? Are you, those also your? Okay. Kids now? When I was a kid, my dad shaved his beard and mustache off, and I freaked out and mm-hmm. yelled and cried and told him to put it back on. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> if your dad came home with a brand new body? <laughs> I mean, that no. was just facial hair. Yeah. And I was scarred. It's, there's a bunch of interesting problems <clears throat> that abound around this, even if it does happen. This is kooky. The, a little bit more before I'm completely concluded here. To date, they claim to have performed this on many, many animals. They actually <laughs> claim to have restored motor function with animals. For I how many this. hours? I doubt this. Um, usually, it's usually it's like in the way of hours. None of them make it like days. Yeah, but they have that's, claimed <laughs> that's also kind of important. <laughs> oh yeah, um, but they but they don't provide evidence for this. So that's the other thing is there's more to a living thing than just motor function. But this totally goes unaddressed. Like let's say you do connect the body of one dog to the head of another one and reanimate it in the sense that it moves or it twitches. <clears throat> Is that really motion or is that involuntary? How could you even know? You couldn't know what you were seeing. Yeah. Because it's a I've, dog that can't I've tell watched you. enough Criminal Minds to just see this becoming a weird serial killer thing. <laughs> there was an actually an episode of that show where like a person is buying limbs off the black market. Yeah. Like legs off the black market. And I think at one point was murdering people and, and cutting off their legs. And attaching it to a live person. Oh, no. He was buying limbs off the black market, kidnapping people, chopping their leg off, and attaching the limb to the leg to see if he could get it to work. Yeah. And he didn't. And they were dying. (laughs) (laughs) And he was a serial killer. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
He had good intentions, but that's like what I have in my head right now. So, uh, so anyway, that's basically it. That's where we stand. There has not been a major announcement on a major procedure in a while. They claimed for it to be, you know, imminent as of like summer of last year. No, nothing yet. But here's the thing. I don't think you're done hearing from this guy. Yeah, I think he needs uh, someone to inform him what imminent means. <laughs> well, I I really do think they're being pressured to show results. And eventually, and maybe that's what's already happened, is they weren't able to provide anything that even had the appearance of being successful because they already blew all their, like, uh, fakey free cards on, like, well, we connected ahead, but it wasn't really alive. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They basically could have taken up all of their sort of free pass. Just going to say none of this research would get past peer review. Well, that's the thing. It's all he presents a lot of those like those procedures I told you about, like with the uh, the the monkey head that was reconnected and all that, that he published the results of this for peer review. The takeaway was you didn't really do anything groundbreaking. Yeah, you didn't do what you said you do. You can't call it a success Yeah, if you didn't do what you said you were going to do in any way. Well, if you redefine success. If you continue, if you, if you continue yeah. to see success as this thing lived for eight hours. It, it, we did a thing. Yeah. But not the thing you set out to do. You know, I cut a worm in half when I was a kid. And watch both halves wiggle away. But you know what? They didn't both make it. And I didn't stick around long enough to see that. Already more successful than this <laughs> scientist. I don't know. So that's, that's it. Dr. Sergio. Sergio Canavero. Sergio. Sexy sax man is uh, all I can think of. His, Sergio And his Flores. woman discoveries. Oh, man. Um, oh, jeez. I'm going to be I'm going to have my eye on this dude. Yes. <laughs> Because yeah. we're gonna hear more. Hey, keep us updated. Maybe some middle seggies yeah, the, on this guy. The, the Canavero quickie. <laughs> yeah. Man, it means so many things considering his book about women. <laughs> you know, I get the sense that what he was writing about wasn't the old quickie. You don't know. I'm guessing. Did you read his book? I'm not telling. He might give you some tips on a quickie. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's in Italian anyway, so I can't read it anyway. That is Sergio Canavero and, by the way, Xiaoping Ren, who, like, didn't get much mention in this my coverage yeah, of this. other than that he exists and he's helping? Yeah, he's helping, and I think it's actually his project as China sees it. But I think I my interpretation of this is that— I mean, who's getting the byline? Right. So, well, the thing is, Ren is getting the byline on a lot of stuff. He really is. But okay. it's Canavero's work that is enabling this. And there's a reason yeah. that they took him in there. And I think that Ren is more or less this, this uh, the representation of the state or of, like, China's interest in this thing as yeah. the lead on the project. And it's not that he doesn't have his own accomplishments or anything, but I think this is all Canavero's, you know, uh, essentially his dream and fantasy being brought to life through a research team of dozens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <sighs> well. just here to say, don't take off my head. I like it very much. Um, that's it. <laughs> the Dave Dragowski story. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's it. We'll we'll hear more from this guy in the future. This just made me angrier than I thought it would. <laughs> you know, I, I thought this was all going to be fun and whimsy until it came to like. Like Chinese bodies, anonymous but Chinese bodies. And that real, makes, when we talk about with the Falun Gong, 
Yeah. And it really pissed Re- me off. Real live concerns. Yeah. Uh, about ethics in many, many, many ways. Yeah. So many ethical quagmires. Yeah. In this. Well, the thing is, like, it, it's it is well known exactly how much human life China is willing to throw at things like buy a kidney, you know? Yeah. Um, and how much money they've but made just, off of it. Just like a disregard. Yes. Um, and that's so bothersome. And like, if that, if it's, if it's even remotely what I think it is. Yeah. I, I would hope that, uh, I would hope that they would have some real qualms with doing what they are doing on just a long line of bodies. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to make any hard statements on that yeah, ab- right. about an entire nation and be like, oh, it doesn't seem like they would have qualms. I mean, well, it's not an entire nation. It is like a government that has a bad track record. <clears throat> it has nothing yeah. to do with the people of China. Yeah, no, nah, it know. has nothing to do with the yeah. actual people. Yeah. But the government. Yeah. I don't need to be. What I'm trying to say is the Chinese government, though, we are we are right about now getting indexed out of the uh, Google China search engine. (laughs) We are no longer available in China. It was nice while it lasted. And they will. If I try to put on a dance show with my dance troupe, they will come and they will protest. They will try to get it shut down. (laughs) What is that called again? I forget the name, but it's it's the culture of 1,000 years reborn. It's the Falun Gong. Yeah. Extension that is a dance troupe that's like everywhere right now. Yeah. Anyway, Anyway, we should probably call this. We should probably call this because now we're just gibber jabbering. It was an extra long episode. Yes, it was. It was a very, very long episode. You know Uh, what? I hope I hope anyone enjoyed that. This was your special extra long episode because (laughs) we missed three weeks. Yeah. 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 Um, Right. So we will be back next week. Yes. If we're not, I'll be right pissed. Um, yes. With another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Thanks for listening. It's we been so long you. since I've done that. I know. We did miss you. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod. And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 